Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The Listen. Do you want to know a secret? Edition as we discuss next week's release of the NFL schedule with the league's vice president of broadcast planning, Mike North. Now, obviously, Mike can't share secrets and leak the schedule, but he shares great insight on a variety of topics, including how many primetime games to expect, why the Bengals were not chosen for one of the international games this year, and how big the Joe Burrow factor is to the TV networks. The Bengals Booth Podcast is presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free to play next level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since the Who Day Ladies. On the Monday night after the draft, Dave Lappelm and I had the opportunity to speak to the Who Day Ladies Club at Paul Brown Stadium, and they were awesome. At one point, I asked this question, what do the following eight quarterbacks have in common? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Matt Ryan, and Derek Carr. One of the ladies gave the answer I was looking for. They are all in the AFC. My point being that the AFC is a gauntlet, since three of those guys are former MVPs, three have led their teams to Super Bowls, and all eight have been to Pro Bowls. But another of the ladies had a better answer, saying they are quarterbacks two through nine in the AFC. I'm with her. I'll take Joe Burrow over any of them. In any case, if you're a woman who loves the Bengals, then the Who Day Ladies Club is for you. Joining is free, and you get access to VIP events that, believe it or not, are even better than listening to me and Lap. If you haven't joined already, just search for Who Day Ladies on Bengals.com. Now, time to get to this week's guest. My most nerve-wracking day of the year is the day that the NFL schedule is released, because that's when I find out how difficult it's going to be on some weekends to get from a UC game on Saturday to the Bengals game on Sunday. It's my personal version of the amazing race, and I love it, but some weekends are challenging. Mike North is one of the most influential people in the league in putting together the schedule. He's the NFL's vice president of broadcast planning, and this week we discussed Bengals' primetime appearances, the possibility of a Thanksgiving game, Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime this year, and much more. Mike, we are recording this conversation on Friday, May 6th. We are six days before the NFL schedule is announced. Is it finished, or does the league continue to tweak it right up until the last few days? Never finished. Never finished. The (laughs) the solution space of possible schedules is infinite. And frankly, if they gave us another month or two, I'd use every second they give us. I'd use every computer I could put my hands on. And are we going to be better in a week or a month or six months? I don't know. We could be different. Um, But up until literally the last possible moment, we'll let the computers keep spinning. We'll keep looking under unturned stones and down narrow hallways and really deep rabbit holes and... There's always another schedule out there um, 
will will go until the very last possible minute. Obviously, some things have already been announced, like we can't change the international games now. We can't change the Amazon opener. Uh, we've got some Easter eggs coming out early next week, and we're going to let each network announce one game uh, each day leading up to schedule release day. So obviously, once those are given out to the world, those can't be changed. But some of those things have been set for a while. Some of those are still moving around. And until we actually announce them to the world, everything's flexible, everything's in play. And, you know, the schedule that we're holding in our hand is better than the one we were holding yesterday and hopefully isn't as good as the one we're holding tomorrow. Do you know how many people watch the schedule release show? Do I know? Uh, I certainly hear from many of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of people do. I know it's an exciting day. I mean, I know you've been doing this long enough, Dan. I mean, I've been here 25 years. It, it didn't used to be this kind of event. It used to be a, oh, yeah, the schedule's out. Everybody start booking flights and hotels. Now there's an awful lot of attention paid to it. That's, uh, you know, both good and bad. Um, but it, it's become, you know, one of our off-season tent poles. And when it used to come out kind of mid-April, it, it was almost kind of a sneak attack. You know, we never know what that we're done and, until we're done. And some years that's, you know, oh, hey, this one's pretty good. Let's put it out in two days. And other years it's, oh, we're still weeks away. And then suddenly the schedule would just kind of drop. And we'd be all right in the middle of draft preparation and, you know, mock drafts and getting to know these kids and these prospects and who's going to land where and what moves are going to happen on draft night. And, oh, here's the schedule. OK, now let's get back to the draft. Now you can sort of give all of April to the draft, to meeting the kids, to meeting the prospects. The draft itself has become an, uh, an incredible spectacle. It's not, you know, Madison Square Garden over in New York, just walking cards up. It, it's quite a spectacle now. And the fans have turned out you know, both in person and on television for that. So it's good that the draft has sort of claimed the month of April for itself. Then you get a kind of week or so of draft postmortem. You know, everybody gets their draft grades and, you know, who won the draft and, and who handled things well. And then we can all start turning our attention to, okay, now we know who's playing where, let's find out who's playing when. And so now kind of mid-May has become schedule release tentpole moment um, and like we said, we've kind of expanded it a little bit, get a little more attention for some of the different things in the schedule, a few games kind of dribbling out this week, a few more coming out next week, and then the whole enchilada coming on Thursday. We are talking to the NFL's VP of broadcast planning, Mike North. This is a Bengals podcast, so let's get to some specific Bengals topics. The Bengals are coming off a four-win season in 2020. They only had one nationally televised primetime game last year. It was week four on Thursday night against Jacksonville. Now they're coming off a Super Bowl appearance. How many primetime games should we expect? A lot. A lot. Not just primetime, but... You know, we also look at the Sunday afternoon 425 window, the double, the double header window for CBS and Fox. That is still our highest rated window. That's where more fans watch our games than any other window. So, you know, success breeds success, certainly in terms of, uh, you know, television appearances. It, it'll be very different probably than what Bengals fans are used to. Um, we're all going to have to get comfortable with not playing Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, week after week. I know that's a challenge for the operations folks, for the coaching staff, uh, for the fans, of course. Um, but this is what happens when you sort of ascend into that upper echelon. Um, you know, it, it remains to be seen. Obviously, there's a difference between, you know, flash in the pan, one-year wonders, and sustained success. 
Um, but certainly a, a couple of superstars there in Burrow and Chase and the fans are going to want to watch more Bengals games. We wouldn't be doing our jobs if we put all the Bengals games on Sunday at one o'clock this year. So uh, again, not done yet. Puzzle isn't fully formed. Rubik's Cube is still twisting, but I would expect frankly, the maximum number of primetime games for the Bengals this year, we, we max out at five and some combination of Sunday nights, Monday nights and Thursday nights. I would expect the Super Bowl team from the AFC to be a maximum primetime team this year. So you say you max out at five, but it can be more than that as the season progresses, correct? Because of flexing, et cetera. Yeah. And look, that that happened to you guys a little bit last year. Once once the record was what it was, um, I had really almost weekly, if not daily, email exchanges with Katie Blackburn and the rest of the senior management team at the Bengals looking for ways to find better homes for some of the Bengals games and making sure that our fans could see them because it seemed pretty obvious that they were going to be a playoff team. I'm not sure we expected a deep run like we got in January, but you know, it's good for our fans to meet these teams in November and December as they are heading towards a playoff berth so that when they do make a deep playoff run, this is not the first time fans are watching these games. You think back a couple of years, you know, this happens all the time. It, it happened to the Titans a couple of years. We did not have a lot of Titans games on national television. And suddenly Derek Henry started running rampant through the national football league. And we were trying to find ways to put Titans games into bigger television windows so that when they got to January, this wasn't the first time fans were watching Titans games. Same thing with the Bengals last year. We talked to Katie regularly. Uh, we didn't end up flexing in any Sunday night games. That's due in part to um, the quality of the Sunday night schedule itself. You know, flexible scheduling needs a lot of different things to line up for us to actually change out of a game and into another one. So there were weeks certainly where the Bengals had interesting games and we were looking for better homes or bigger windows for them. But maybe Sunday night wasn't right because the one we had chosen back in April turned out to be just fine for NBC. So we used CrossFlex to move Bengals games from CBS to Fox and Fox to CBS. Obviously, that Cincinnati KC game on CBS late in the year, that was in a one o'clock window, but it ended up going to like 65% of the country because we moved some other stuff out of the window so that we could expand the footprint. So every week is its own puzzle. And it's hard right now to look at the schedule and be sure what's going to happen in week two or week four, no less week 15 or week 17. So we make our best bets in April. We try to put the games that we think our fans are most interested in, in national television windows. And then once the season starts playing out, you still have some levers to pull and still have some trap doors you can use to try to get the bigger games into bigger windows. That's what we saw last year with the Bengals. We'll be doing it from the other side this year. They're going to be in those big games right from the jump. Let's hope they stay and let's hope there's even a couple more that we could find and, and move into big windows if they keep winning. We've all heard the expression that the NFL is a star driven league. So how big is the burrow factor and matchups this year against Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, et cetera? Yeah, it's it's big. No toys around it. Uh, you saw that last year. Again, a deep playoff run, a couple of weeks of Super Bowl prep. I think the nation really got to meet this kid. It's not like the first time we heard about him. Obviously he was on a big stage in college. So uh, we certainly knew who he was, but um, we all got to know a little bit more about him. And obviously his play on the field is the most important thing. And yeah, when you take a team to a Super Bowl in your second year in the league, you've certainly earned yourself uh, some additional national television exposure. And, and as you mentioned, their schedule is excellent. They play a lot of good teams and to the point I think you were about to make was all those teams are in a very similar boat. They have young, 
superstar quarterbacks. So a Cincinnati Buffalo game, for instance, you know, Allen and Burrow, I'm looking forward to scheduling that game every year for the next 10 years, right? They keep winning their divisions. They keep making deep playoff runs. They're going to play each other over and over and over again. Every year, it's almost going to be one of our starting points. As you look at the 272 games, they're all assets and we're trying to get maximum value out of each of these assets. Well, you start with which are the most interesting and to your point, a Cincinnati, Kansas City, a Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, a Cincinnati, Buffalo. It wasn't that long ago that I'm not sure those games would rise up to the level where they are now literally top 10 in the entire league in terms of, you know, not just ratings potential, but fan interest and hopefully playoff implications. So now you got to think about a game like Buffalo Cincy or KC Cincy. Do you play it early in the season when you know everybody or hope everybody is healthy and you try to, you know, set a, you know, a, a yard post for your season? We beat the Chiefs and now we go. Or do you save a game like that for December and you hope that that game, you know, may well be for the AFC one seed, but you save it for too late in the season and maybe you've missed your window. Now somebody's clinched or somebody's hurt or somebody had a disappointing season and that asset that you thought a Kansas city Cincinnati game was you're no longer getting maximum return because you waited too long to deploy it. And by the time you got there, they'd clinched the division, they're resting starters. And it is a constant push and pull. It's a constant tug of war, not just with our network partners, but with ourselves trying to figure out how to, you know, deploy each of these 272 assets in the smartest way. And suddenly these Bengals assets are worth more than they were a year ago. Mike, last year, there was an obvious game that all of the networks wanted going into the season. Brady going back to New England, facing Belichick for the first time. Is there a game like that? Is there a signature game that all of the networks are fighting over this year? You know, the good news, quite honestly, Dan, is there's a bunch of them. I mean, you're, you're right. Last year, there was one clear game in Tampa, New England, and, and maybe sort of a 1B, if you will, with Casey Green Bay. They don't get to play each other very often. It was one of the new 17 games, 17th games since we added uh, the extra interconference by standings game. So th there were a couple last year. This year, thankfully, I think there's a lot. And, and that's, you know, both good and bad for the scheduling team. It's, it's easier when you have more really good assets to dole out. It's harder to disappoint your partners. But also, you know, it's hard to determine which one really is that much better. I mean, we listed a whole bunch of Bengals games already. You know, you think about Casey Cincy, you think about Cincy Buff. Obviously, every game in the AFC North now is a, a, a warp, right? And they're all going to matter, hopefully, um, as you look outside of the AFC North. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a KC Tampa where, you know, might be the last time we see Brady Mahomes. There's a Green Bay Tampa might be the last time we see Brady Rogers. Um, I think as we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of really young, exciting quarterbacks, especially in the AFC right now. So every time those guys match up, I think it's going to be an opportunity for something fun and interesting. Um, and, and then obviously you have your, you know, your, your stand, your standards, right. Your, your, your tent poles, anytime, you know, Dallas plays green Bay, uh, Dallas plays Tampa, the world champion Rams have an incredible schedule this year. They play green Bay and Dallas and Tampa. Um, and, and then you think about some of the player movement in the off season. Uh, I'm not sure it quite rises to the level of Brady returning to Foxborough, but certainly Russell Wilson going back to Seattle, 
uh, is something that every single one of our network partners would love a, a chance to, you know, broadcast and, and spend a day or a week talking about. So the good news is there's a lot of them. Uh, the challenge for us is really kind of dividing them up fairly. Uh, we love all of our network partners equally. You can't give one of them all the best stuff. You try to spread it around. Uh, and then you just kind of hold on and hope. And sometimes a game that you put in week three isn't as good as you hoped by the time you get to it. Somebody got hurt or somebody got off to a slow start. And sometimes a game you put in week 17 and you worry that you waited too long to actually deploy that asset turns out to be a monster and it's a game for a, a one seed or a division crown and everybody exhales and uh, takes a deep breath and you know that's one we got right uh, among many hopefully that we did get right this year but it, it helps when there's a lot of good teams a lot of good quarterbacks a lot of good stars a lot of good young stars and I think we're all still getting to know these kids and it's going to be really fun to watch them play each other and beat each other up for the next 10 years. We're talking to the NFL's VP of Broadcast Planning, Mike North. So the international games were announced earlier this week. The Bengals were a candidate to play the Saints in London or the Bucks in Germany. It uh, obviously didn't turn out that way. Minnesota goes to London. Seattle goes to uh, Germany to take on the Bucks. Is there anything you can share for why Cincinnati wasn't picked for either of those games? Uh, there's a couple things. Um, certainly were a valid contender, um, you know, Part of it is just how it worked out for the rotation. Uh, as I think you know, the international games are going to be drawn from the conference with the additional home game each year. So this year it was the NFC's turn to host the vast majority of our international games. Next year it'll be the AFC. I think we've got one eye on, you know, like we said, when do you deploy these assets? If we don't use the Bengals this year, might the Bengals be a good candidate for next year as we look ahead to AFC teams hosting international games? Uh, the Bengals have been over a few times to the UK recently and trying to, again, fairly distribute these, you know, both opportunities, but also challenges. You know, it's not a Sunday home one o'clock game. Um, and, you know, our, our clubs have gotten a lot better at going over uh, to play these international games. I'll, I'll give you a good uh, indicator of that for years you were guaranteed, and you still are if, if, if you want it, you are guaranteed your bye week the week after you travel internationally if you want it. And clubs have the option of declining their bye week the week after their international game and letting that bye week fall later in the season. And a few years ago, everybody took their bye after UK games. This is new. This is different. We don't know how our body clocks are going to react. We don't know from a health and safety standpoint. We don't know when we're going to get back to our facility, start getting ready for next week. Everybody took their buys the week after their London games. Now, these UK games have become almost routine for our teams, just in terms of the football ops and the rest and the preparation. Most of the teams this year, I think, are going to opt not to have their buys coming back from London. So they really are trying to treat it like just another game. It's obviously not, it's a big deal. And there's a lot of you know promotional opportunities and ways to amplify our, our game and our superstar players over there. But um, most of the football guys are treating these UK games now like quote unquote, just another game. So I think that'll be one of the interesting things you'll see in this year's schedule. Most of the teams traveling internationally will opt not to have their buy immediately after. So when we talk to the Bengals about, hey, if you are chosen to go to London, how do you want to handle it? If you are choose chosen to go to Germany, how do you want to handle it? And every club's a little different. Where do you want to be the week before? What 
when do you want to go over for the international game? What do you want to do the week after? Uh, again, we had conversations with the Bengals. They were obviously a viable candidate. Um, partially, frankly, the fact that they are on national television so much this year was a mitigating factor. It was limiting for us. You know, if you wanted to think about a game like Cincinnati, Tampa, you know, if you put that game in Germany, it's on at 930 in the morning Eastern time here in the States, you're going to get this many viewers. You put Cincinnati Tampa on a Sunday night or a Monday night or a Thursday night or a Sunday afternoon doubleheader, it's going to get this many viewers. So how do you get maximum value out of each one of these assets? I'm not sure deploying Cincy Tampa at 930 in the morning would have been the best use of that asset. Would it have been awesome for our fans in Germany? Absolutely. Would it have been the right thing for the 272 piece puzzle? Maybe not. We'll see what happens when we get there, of course. But um, look, the better the Bengals are, the more likely they're going to be candidates for windows such as this moving forward. I'm not sure we can send them to London every year, but I wouldn't be shocked if they go again relatively soon. Well, that was really interesting about the buys because the Bengals have taken the buy after their two previous London trips. And I assume that every team did that and would continue to do that. So that will be interesting to see that teams are no longer doing that. I wondered specifically regarding the possibility of the Bengals Saints in London that didn't happen. If the return of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to the state of Louisiana was a factor. Uh, yeah, look, these things are all factors. We look at, like we said, every single game, what's the storyline, what's the potential playoff implications, better early in the season, better late in the season, um, which television window does a game like Cincinnati, New Orleans gain uh, interest the longer you wait to play it? I mean, I, I know everybody's a question mark, obviously, but I, I don't think we're thinking about Cincinnati as a question mark right now. But I think the jury's still a little out on New Orleans. I know they were five and two with Jameis last year before he got hurt. And now he's back. Are they the five and two Jameis Saints? Um, you know, they still managed to be in the playoff chase right up until the final weekend of the season without really a number one quarterback. We're assuming the Saints are going to be good. And none of us know, of course. Um, but you know, there's a lot of good Saints games the same way, you know, Tampa Bay plays all these AFC North games, the Saints do as well. So there's a lot of good Saints games, one of them being Cincinnati. Yeah, you could have made a pretty good case for that game being fun in London, but it's probably going to be a little more fun in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. So the Bengals have a road game at Dallas this year. Naturally, Bengals fans are wondering if Thanksgiving is a possibility. Last year, the Cowboys hosted an AFC team and the Lions hosted an NFC team on Thanksgiving. Does that always alternate, which would eliminate the Bengals from Dallas on Thanksgiving? No, they're not eliminated because that Cincinnati-Dallas game is one of the extra games, one of the 17th games. So even though it is an AFC team at Dallas, it is not technically a CBS game. So that's a free game. It could go anywhere. It could go on any network. So is it a candidate for Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, and you made the point about how Detroit and Dallas alternate every year. One takes an AFC opponent, one takes an NFC opponent. That's true. But this is the last year of that, uh, as I think you know, and, and some of our fans are starting to learn, uh, next year, 2023 season, when the new media deals kick in, uh, the notion of an AFC team on the road being a CBS game, that's gone. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. An NFC team on the road being a Fox game, that's gone. There's no such thing as a game that belongs to any network. Every game is a free agent, just like that Cincinnati-Dallas game is this year. So this notion of, oh, you're always going to see one AFC team in Dallas and an NFC team in Detroit, and next year they'll switch, that's no longer the case. This will be the last year of that. Um, but it is absolutely within the realm of possibility for Cincinnati-Dallas to be on Thanksgiving. It's going to be a Fox game, so it will not be – probably, you know, Indianapolis or Houston. Um, but Detroit will probably be hosting an AFC team that will be on CBS and Dallas will be hosting either an NFC team or their free game. Um, but this is the last year of that. So fans are going to can start getting used to two NFC teams on the road for Dallas and Detroit or two AFC teams on the road for Dallas and Detroit on Thanksgiving next year. Every game's a jump ball. Every game's a free agent. It's going to change this process quite a bit. <laughs> Um, but it's going to be really exciting for the scheduling team, for the math nerds. It's going to open up an awful lot of possibilities for us that we just can't get to right now. So, uh, look, again, I would tell you the same thing about Cincy Dallas that I would tell you about Cincy New Orleans. It's all about, you know, maximum return on investment. You could make an argument that whoever Dallas plays on Thanksgiving is going to do a great number. It's become a staple of, you know, how this country spends Thanksgiving Day, you know, 30, 40 million people watching that Cowboys Thanksgiving game. You could probably generate that number with any number of Cowboys games that day. Whereas Cincinnati Dallas in a primetime window or a Sunday afternoon doubleheader window might be able to get to 25, 30 million viewers, you know, without having to utilize the Thanksgiving platform. So always trying to figure out the best use of each of these assets, always trying to figure out if you do this, then you can't do that. And is this the right thing for NBC? And is that the right thing for Fox and CBS? So is Cincy Dallas an option for Thanksgiving? It is because it's not one of those AFC CBS games, um, but there's a lot of possible good homes for a game like Cincy Dallas now. And obviously Dallas and Detroit are not the only Thanksgiving games anymore. The game that follows is a huge game and the Bengals could theoretically wind up in that one. Yeah, no question about it. We reach out to every single team in the league as part of our, you know, schedule prep, uh, you know, time spent. We talk to every team in the league and we ask them point blank, what would a Thanksgiving primetime game be like in your market? Is that something your fans and your season ticket members would be interested in? Is that something that the community would rally around? Most of our clubs say, yes, that would be a really fun experience. And we have moved that game around quite a bit uh, these last few years. Um, obviously, it's a national television window. It's on the Sunday Night Football package on NBC. It is not subject to flexible scheduling. So as you look at this puzzle right now and you think about some of these games that you're going to be able to maybe take a little bit more risk on because you can make a change when you get there, Thanksgiving night is not one of them. Mm. So you got to pick a game that you feel really good about, and it's got to be with two teams that you think are going to be in the playoff chase by the time you get to week 12 or 13. And it's got to be in a market that says to you, you know, we would love an opportunity to host this game. Um, and then it's got to fit into the big puzzle because every team in the league is going to play on Thursday. We'll come back to the Thursday package here as it moves to Amazon, but every team in the league is going to play one of those short week Thursdays. And if you're playing Dallas on Thanksgiving or Detroit on Thanksgiving, or you're playing that NBC Thursday night game on Thanksgiving. Now it's going to be tough to put you onto that Amazon package. So we're trying to find that right balance between big enough for Thanksgiving night for NBC. That's an awful lot of football to watch in a day, hours six, seven, and eight 
or seven, eight, and nine of NFL football while also eating turkey and interacting <laughs> with your family. Uh, so you need a, a good game there that's going to hold the nation's attention. But the game that you put there might well involve a couple of teams that you're not now going to be able to put on the Amazon Thursday night package. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to find that right balance. And it's always one of the very first decisions that we have to make in the process who is playing on Thanksgiving, not just in Dallas and Detroit, but who's going to play that primetime game because it's going to have a trickle-down effect across all of the television partners and all of the short week Thursdays. Our guest is the NFL's VP of Broadcast Planning, Mike North. Cincinnati's in the Eastern time zone. It often gets cold at night, late in the year. How big of a factor is that in determining home games for the Bengals in primetime late in the season? Yeah, I'll answer that two ways. Um, like, like everybody else, um, you know, the league office treats the scheduling process the way each team does. There's a little bit of uh, competitive and there's a little bit of, I don't want to say revenue, but you know, we're, we're, we're selling tickets, we're an entertainment product. So we're trying to strike that right balance between what's fair and good for the fan, but what's also fair and good for our television partners and all the fans that are not buying tickets to the Bengals game. I heard this stat somewhere. I may not have this exactly right, but, you know, of, of all of our fans, very, very few actually get to go and attend the games, right? We 25, 30 million people watching a game on television, 50,000 people in the stands. So it's single digits. It's something like 5% of our fans who actually watch NFL football each year actually attend a game. If you're attending a game in December, in Cincinnati, in the snow, that's one experience. But if you're watching that game on television and it's cold and it's snowy and there's playoff implications on the line, and maybe it's one of these AFC North battles like we talked about, a Baltimore or a Pittsburgh coming to the jungle in the cold weather, that's a great television viewing experience. So we're trying to strike the balance of what's right and fair for the entertainment side of the house what what's also right for the humans that we're asking to go actually sit out in the cold um we're cognizant of not asking the cold weather outdoor teams to have three four five home games in december year after year after year um but there are definitely gonna be years where there might be a couple of games outdoors in the cold hopefully we picked games that are going to have playoff implications so if you are going to go sit out there to watch this game it's going to be because it matters and it's the same thing we think about for flexible scheduling. If we're moving your game to a different window, 425 on Sunday afternoon or even 820 on Sunday night, yes, it's a challenge logistically. People have to change their plans and their flights and their hotels. But the good news is we're moving it because it matters and we're moving it because the game means something. And it's better for everybody understanding that the 50,000 people in the stands might be a little chilly, but getting this game into a national television window I don't want to say we root for bad weather, but I'm never disappointed when I turn on the television, I see a little snow, just a little, not too much. Um, but, you know, snow helps with ratings and, and it helps our fans stay interested. And if you can get a cold weather, outdoor, snowy game between two teams fighting for a playoff spot, that's something that every one of our television partners would sign up for right now. So um, maybe in the old days, we were a, a smidge more cautious about playing these late season outdoor cold weather games, but I, I think our fans have adjusted. I think our television partners really like it now. 
And I think the ratings speak for themselves. You, we can all think back, just close your eyes and think back to some of these snowy games that we've all watched on television. You, you remember them and, and it's hard to turn it off. You just want to keep watching. So yeah, I would, I would not be surprised at all. I would, I would definitely warn Bengals fans to get the parkas and, and get the thermals. Uh, there's, there's sure to be hopefully some games in December in the jungle with playoff implications that uh, may not be played at one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday. Well, we remember the freezer bowl fondly in Cincinnati. And even though that wasn't a night game, we know how to dress for these uh, cold weather. Well, look, games. That's the other thing, right? We, we've all seen this, right? There have been days where Sunday at one o'clock was actually colder and, and worse than Sunday night at eight 30. None of us know we're not meteorologists, but you know, like you said, January in Cincinnati is going to be cold, whether you play at one o'clock or four o'clock or eight o'clock, it's going to be cold. I don't think that the, you know, director of ticketing would say, you know, we don't want any home games in December, you know, we'll, we'll give us a five game road trip to finish the season. Whereas the head coach would say, Hey, give me those games in December. And in fact, give me some of these, you know, warm weather sites, give me some of these dome teams, you know, send, you know, whatever it is, Tampa Bay or Miami up to us in December, you know, send the dome teams to us send New Orleans here. Um, so it's, it's that balance. Again, the coach might want one thing and the vice president of marketing might want something else. Multiply that across all 32 teams, and then the league has the same approach to it, trying to find that balance between fan friendliness and, you know, it's an entertainment product at the end of the day, and we want to make sure that we have the best games in the biggest windows, and sometimes those are at night in December in outdoor stadiums. Let's get to Thursday night football. It moves to a streaming service, Amazon Prime. Thursday night games, it feels to me, have historically not necessarily been the most attractive games on the schedule going into the season. You may disagree with that, but does that change now to get as many eyeballs as possible to a new partner to try to make this thing successful right off the bat? Yeah, look, I, the, the truth of the matter is when you think about the Thursday package, whether it's on NFL Network like it used to be or split between CBS and NBC for a couple of years, Fox had it last year, Amazon had it this year. There's a mitigating factor. There's a gating factor to the Thursday night package that you don't have on Sunday night or Monday night. When you think of the Sunday night football schedule, they're going to have three appearances each from Dallas, from Green Bay, from Kansas City, from Tampa Bay. When you think about the Monday night football package, they're going to have two appearances each from, you know, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and New England and San Francisco. When you think about the Thursday night package, every team in the league is only required to play one short week Thursday. So when you throw in the Thanksgiving games as well, what you're thinking about for the Thursday night football package is everybody's getting on. And that means the big brands, like we said, but it also means everybody else. And so what we constantly wrestle with in the room as we're building the schedule is what's the best way to get attention to the Thursday night package, knowing you're going to get every single team in the league on the package somewhere, if not on Amazon, then on Thanksgiving, you could take a couple of your biggest brands and have them play each other. But that probably means two of the teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, they're going to have to play each other. Or do you split them up and have, you know, one of the bigger brands play one of these, you know, up and coming brands and you get two of those kind of games instead of, you know, one A and one B, do you get two A minuses? We wrestle every year with that. Um, obviously with the package moving to a streaming service, uh, we want to make sure that certainly at the start of the season, the, the games sound interesting and sound fun so that fans go find them. I think we're all really curious to see what Amazon's going to do with the package. 
I don't think it's going to look like every other NFL game. It might sound like every other NFL game. When you think about Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet in the booth and Fred Goodelli producing, it, it's going to be an NFL football game. Um, but I think Amazon's going to bring something to the table that's a little bit different. Uh, they've talked a little bit about making it a day-long celebration, getting out into these markets, uh, doing something, whether it's a concert or, or an event or something in the market all day long. Um, so I think they're focused a lot on venues and markets uh, and obviously, of course, focused on matchups. I think what you're going to see is some big ones out of the gate as we kind of shift fan behavior and make sure everybody is aware of um, the new partner and, and the new distribution outlet. Um, there's going to be some games hopefully saved for later in the season that we're all going to point to and we're going to hope matter by the time we get there. Again, I don't think if you're Amazon, you want to take your five best games and put them all into September and October and then just kind of hold on as you get to November and December. You got to sprinkle some of those better games for later. None of us know which of these games are going to have playoff implications. So maybe a heavy dose of division games late. Those tend to have more playoff implications as we get later in the season. Um, it's going to be very interesting. You know, our generation, as I look at you and me, I, I think we're going to be able to find Amazon Prime. Um, our kids don't bat an eye at it anymore. Amazon Prime is no different to them than any of the three-letter networks. They just turn on the smart TV and click a button and they watch Amazon like we watched NBC and CBS growing up. My mom may not be able to find <laughs> it without a little help, um, but when it's a big game and it sounds like something, she'll find it. And we'll help her. And we all may have to help our parents the first couple of weeks. Um, but I, I, look, when the NFL went to cable television 10 or 20 years ago, everybody thought the sky was falling. That didn't happen. Um, the streaming services are a regular part of all of our lives now. Um, and I'm not sure I know anybody that doesn't have an Amazon Prime account. So I, I think fans are going to find it. It'll, it'll take some getting used to. And to your point, I, I think the way to do that is to put games that sound like football games. That's what our boss, Howard Katz, always says. That sounds like a football game. If it sounds like a football game, you'll find it. The same way on a Sunday afternoon, you know that these two teams are playing each other. If it's not on this channel, well, then it's on this channel. If it's not at one o'clock, then it's at four o'clock. If you know the game is Thursday night and we're talking about it enough and promoting it enough and our partners are amplifying it enough, you'll find it, we'll find it. I, I think we will all adjust and soon enough, you know, it'll just be another button on our television and we will find the games. But to your point, we're gonna have basically every team in the league on the package somewhere. They can't all be, you know, Cincinnati Tampa's some of them are going to have to be some of the teams that are, you know, still building and, and still developing and then still fighting for a playoff spot. But like you said, sometimes those games are the Bengals from last year, a team that we didn't expect much from and nobody knew who they were. And all of a sudden, a game that you put on the Amazon schedule for week 15 or 16 back in April that you think, uh oh, this one might not be so good. By the time you get to it, it might be pretty important. Final question. Sure. There's a possible suspension looming over Brown's quarterback. Deshaun Watson. We don't know if it's going to happen or not. Do you have to take that into consideration in determining when the Browns are in primetime? I mean, look, the truth is the Browns in primetime is going to be more indicative of their record from last year than their offseason quarterback signing and whatever discipline he may face. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, if anything's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Um, so the truth is we're not building a Browns primetime schedule around when and if Deshaun Watson might be playing quarterback. Um, I think 
you know, the Browns primetime schedule is going to be more driven by their record from last year. You know, this was a team, like we said in the beginning, I don't want to say flash in the pan because that's not really fair to the the tra- trajectory they were on there. But, you know, they were a team that was struggling for a while and a lot of, you know, two and 14 and three and 13 seasons. Those seasons translate into limited primetime exposure. Um, they got better. They made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. They were on a lot of national television games and national television windows last year. Uh, Their record was probably more disappointing than they would have hoped. I'm sure you're not broken up about it, but, uh, you know, I I think the Browns primetime games this year will be driven far more by their record from last year than by who's playing quarterback for them. Um, All that being said, I don't know Deshaun Watson at all. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, It's not a good story for anybody involved, but the guy can play football and hopefully everything, you know, settles down and, and whatever the outcome is going to be is addressed and he and the team and the fans get, you know, comfortable with wherever we land here. Um, you know, we talked about the AFC North being competitive. It certainly just got even more competitive. And uh, I think from a schedule maker standpoint, as we look at the value of each of these 272 assets, knowing that every single AFC North game is going to matter and may have playoff implications is, is a good thing for us. So um, looking forward to, like I said, not just 2022, because obviously we don't know anything about when he's going to play and how he's going to play. Um, but really looking at the next five, six, eight, ten 10 years, uh, thinking about all these young quarterbacks and playing each other weekend after weekend and not just within the division, but you're going to go play Buffalo and you're going to go play Miami and you're going to go play Kansas city and you're going to go play the chargers. And every one of those teams has a good young quarterback. This is going to be a really fun decade. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where we go from here. As are we, Mike, this has been fantastic. Can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you so much. And best of luck with the the final tweaking to the schedule in the next few days. Pleasure to do it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, definitely let me know what you think when the schedule comes out. All right. From a very selfish standpoint, I've got my fingers crossed for a Thursday night game the week before Thanksgiving. That's probably my only chance of calling three UC basketball games the following week in the Maui Invitational. That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast presented by Ultimate Bengals. Download Ultimate Bengals ahead of the 2022 season. It's free-to-play, next-level fantasy football with fantastic Bengals prizes. Get it now on the App Store and Google Play. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast, and if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.